Welcome to the Faith Bridge Sermons Podcast. Today's sermon is brought to you by Bible teacher Duffy Robbins and was recorded on Sunday, January 1st, 2023. And hey, if you're ever in the area, join us on Sunday on campus at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. and come say hi in person. And you could also follow us on Instagram at, at FaithBridge to see what goes on during the week. And as always, you can join us every Sunday for our online service called FaithBridge Live at faithbridge.org slash live. Here's Duffy. Hey, welcome. How many of you, uh, how many of you celebrated late last night? Let's see a show of hands. Oh, okay, that's frightening. Uh, <laughs> I mean, scary. I dozed off during the sermon in the first uh, service. But no, you know what? I'm just going to tell you, there's not going to be any judgment from up here. If you, uh, if you feel yourself getting a little drowsy, eyelids getting a little bit uh, droopy, you sort of sense that you're uh, lapsing into um, <clears throat> involuntary prayer. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, no judgment. I'm going to assume that you are uh, interceding on my behalf. And, uh, and I thought, better to have you here half awake than half of you at home. Okay, so thanks for being here. We're glad to join you this morning. If you're joining us online, Happy New Year. We're glad you're with us as well. It was, um, it was uh, uh, just a little bit south of North Conway, New Hampshire. I was with the kids in my youth group. And uh, we were actually doing a week of backpacking, but that particular day, we we're going to do some rock climbing. And we had gone to a, a place that the locals refer to as Square Ledge. Um, they call it Square Ledge because it's, uh, it, it's sort of a geological uh, phenomenon. I guess technically it's called a monadnock. It's just this hunk of granite that, that juts up out of the earth's surface there. And, and there's a nice uh, you know, rock face on one side. And you can stand up on the top of Square Ledge and you can look off um, out into uh, you know Maine to the east and and up a little bit north you can actually see the uh, the peaks of the presidential range in the White Mountains it's just a gorgeous spot um, and and locals like it because it is such a great place to climb we we were actually there that day not because we were going to actually climb up Square Ledge <clears throat> but because we were going to repel down Square Ledge now most of you probably know what repelling is but. For those of you who don't, I'll just explain that repelling is when you stand with your back to the edge of a cliff, and then you fall backwards off of the cliff and walk down the face of the rock. And you've probably seen this. And of course, when you do it, you're tied into a safety line, right? Otherwise, you're going to walk really fast. And, and, uh, and I explained to the kids in my youth group, I said, now guys, to do a safe repel, you're going to have to do something counterintuitive. You're going to have to stand there with your back to the edge of the cliff, and then with your body straight, I want you to actually just fall back. Just fall back and put your trust in that safety rope, because that rope is going to pull your feet perpendicular to the face of the rock. And of course, what's, what's tricky about that is all of us, you know, since we're little babies, we learned if you, if you fall, you want to try to go feet first, Right. The problem is if you go feet first off of a cliff, like it hurts your face, and so and so uh, you 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 have to actually you have to actually fall backwards, and that will help you to do a safe repel. Everybody seemed to understand. Uh, we're ready to make our descent. Um, two guys went down first. I always send guys down first just to just to check the gear. But the first girl to go was a girl by the name of Haley. I knew Haley was going to volunteer first because Haley was just one of those girls who was just like all in. She was gung-ho. Uh, she was ready for it. And so I get her over the edge of the cliff, probably about 18 inches from the ledge. 
and we put the webbing, the webbing around her midsection. To the webbing, we attached a, a silver oval called a carabiner. Some of you know that term. And then to that carabiner, we attached a second carabiner in the shape of a figure eight, through which we threaded the, the climbing rope. That would add friction, so that would slow her, her descent. And so now, uh, Haley is actually has her back to the cliff. She's looking into my face and she can see behind me the kids in our youth group. They're, they're seated up on the rocks. They're kind of looking off of the cliff and, uh, and watching as each of them go. And, and, and so I've got Haley by the shoulders. She's all roped in. I said, okay, Haley, we're ready to do this. Um, are you ready? And she goes, yes. And as soon as she says yes, this gust of wind whipped up over the ledge of the cliff and it blew on her back and it blew on her neck and it blew her hair in front of her face and you could just tell she, she freaked. I mean, just, you could just see the terror in her eyes. I said, you know, Haley, you still want to do this? And she goes, yeah, you know, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. I think the way uh, Custer said it right before the charge at Little Bighorn. And, and, uh, and so, uh, so I said, okay. So I back her the last you know, few inches over to the cliff. She's now literally hanging by the balls of her feet. I take my arms off of her shoulders. I give her the final command. I said, Haley, you may descend. Well, Haley being Haley, she did an awesome job of descending. The problem was she descended with such gusto that her feet flipped up like that. So that all of a sudden, Haley was hanging upside down a few hundred feet in the air, and you could just tell right away, this, this bothered her, and I think it was the, the shrieks and the screams and stuff, and, and of course, it scared the kids in our youth group, too, because all they could see are Haley's feet, you know, just hanging, they're just hopeful they're connected still to something, and, uh, uh, and I think what, just to give you a sense, too, what scared her so much, as you can imagine, is if you can visualize, when she fell backwards, that banged the back of her head against the, the face of the rock. And, 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 and she was wearing a helmet, so, so it didn't hurt her, but it did, the intensity of the blow dislodged the helmet. And so she was able to watch it slowly glide uh, to the valley floor, which I, I think also bothered her some. And, uh, and, and, and so uh, it wasn't that dangerous, right? Because she fell maybe four feet. Like I go over the edge of the cliff, explain to her the gospel, and, and brought her back... <laughs> But here was the interesting part about it. We, uh, we went back to the campsite, you know, and we finished dinner. And by this time, Haley has, has put on some dry pants. And, and we were talking. And I'm kind of doing a youth ministry thing where I go, okay, hey, guys, you know what? Let's, I want you to think about that time today on the edge of the cliff there and our experience with repelling. I want you to give me one word. We're going to go around the circle. Give me one word that describes your relationship with God. Of course, the first hand, immediately Haley's hand goes up. And, and, and everybody's like, because we're wondering, like, what is her, like, I figure she's going to go, my word is a lawsuit. And, and uh, <laughs> she looked around the circle. She says, um, my word, my word is faith. She says, you know, all my life, and I remember she looked around the circle. She said, all my life, I've grown up in church, a lot of with you guys, and I've come to youth group and I've talked about God and stuff and about faith in God. But today is the first time in my life I really understood what it means to have faith in God. 
And I'm thinking, Haley, me too. But, but actually, <laughs> actually, you know, I, 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 it's, it's, it's interesting. I think, I think for a lot of us, um, especially on a New Year's morning like this, that, that Haley's story uh, kind of, we feel it. All of us a little bit, because, I mean, there is a sense of, I think, excitement, uh, you know, to, to look out on the horizon of a brand new year, uh, new adventures, new possibilities, uh, new, new hopes. I actually read the other day that the odds are seven to one that the Astros will win the World Series again, right? All good. But, but, uh, if there's one lesson we've all learned over the last few years, it's that in the blink of a news cycle, in the blink of a news cycle, uh, we can find ourselves on the edge of the cliff, just just hanging on for dear life. We've all seen it before, you know, a virus, an, an accident, a, a deep freeze, a, a hurricane, an act of violence, an international incident, and all of a sudden it just feels like everything's in free fall. And that's why I want to take a few minutes this morning on the front end of this new year to use a short passage in Hebrews chapter 11 to remind us of two fundamental, important, critical truths about enduring authentic faith. Well, what, what does it mean to really have faith in God, to fall back into his arms? So if you have a Bible this morning, would you turn to Hebrews chapter 11? Hebrews chapter 11. And if you don't have a Bible and you'd like one of these good folks coming down the aisle, I'll be happy to give you one. You can just keep it as a gift from Faith Bridge. Just raise your hand. And uh, we'll see that you get one. Hebrews is, is sort of in the back of the Bible, near the very back of the New Testament. It's not super easy to find, but it's back there. And uh, we're going to read together a very, very short section this morning from Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Hebrews 11, 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And now let's jump to verse six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I had, some, uh, I had some flight issues back in August, as almost everybody did who flew this past summer, and, and, and uh, I needed to quickly make a change in my itinerary so I could get to where I was supposed to speak uh, the very next morning. So I called this kind of concierge phone line that uh, American Airlines makes available to only its you know, most frequent flyers, and, and sure enough, there was immediately an answer, and then a machine voice said, good afternoon, David. We recognize you from your phone number. What can we do for you? And I respond, well, I'd like to speak to an agent, a human being, a, a homo sapien, a, a, a something with a pulse. And that's when the machine said, we understand you want to speak to an agent, but due to unusually high call volume, yada, 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 are you ready for this? I was told my call would be answered in nine hours and 14 minutes. Nine hours and 14 minutes or the machine cheerfully added, if I would simply push the one key, I wouldn't even have to wait on hold. That, that American Airlines was going to call me back and get this, I was promised, I would not lose my place in line. I would not lose my place in line. You, gotta, you can imagine how that buoyed my spirit. 
to, to know they were going to call me back in nine hours and 14 minutes, and I would not lose my coveted spot in that line. There's nothing, there's nothing more corrosive, I think, to faith and hope, especially in the Christian life, than that sense that you're crying out to God for help, and you're expecting an answer, but, but somehow the answer doesn't come. Or, or, or at the very least, it feels like God has kind of put you on a, on a very long hold. I, I think that's what it must have felt like for the Hebrew Christians to whom these words in Hebrews chapter 11 were originally addressed, sometimes between 60 and 65 AD. There was, there was a hostility from their fellow Jews inside the temple who were outraged by this claim that Jesus was somehow the one true Messiah of God. And then out on the street, there was this mistrust, this suspicion from a Roman government increasingly concerned about these Christians who said their one true king was Jesus of Nazareth. These believers were living in uncertain times in a culture that was increasingly hostile to faith. And from what they could see, from what they could see, it seemed like God had sort of just placed them on, on hold. In fact, if you go to the final verses of Hebrews chapter 10, just before we get to these verses in chapter 11, you'd see in verse 36, you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised for yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith." This is God saying, in a sense, look, you may have to wait a while. You may have to wait a lot longer than you'd like to wait, but you will not lose your place. My coming one will come. My righteous shall live by faith. And that's when the writer of Hebrews then offers us in chapter 11 this, this simple statement about the nature of that kind of enduring faith. And it's a statement that's it's frankly just as relevant for us today as it was 2,000 years ago. Let's look back at verse one, zoom in on verse one. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. There are two important truths that I want us to think about this morning. The first one is this. First one is this, authentic faith Authentic faith offers us assurance from the inside out. Authentic faith offers us assurance from the inside out. Some of you might remember a Hanes underwear commercial way back in the 70s where this guy, exuberant about the fit of his underwear, steps into a crowded elevator and excitedly announces to his fellow passengers that he feels good all under. He feels good all under. Anybody remember that, that old commercial? Yeah, all right, I tell you what, let's, let's watch. I feel good all under. Know why I feel good all under? My Hanes underwear fits all under. Look, reinforced neck, double seams, and a waistband that doesn't dig in. What comfort. The Hanes price makes my wallet feel good, too. Boy, do I feel good all under. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? First of all, let me just say, <clears throat> don't, don't, don't try that. Don't, don't try that. I think it's generally wise to approach every elevator ride with the assumption that your fellow passengers 
are not curious about your underwear. And I'll just add, if that's the only thing you take away from the day's sermon, I think it's still a win for you. But, but, but uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. This little clip, in a way, sort of, I think, affirms very much what the writer of Hebrews wants us to hear. He's, he's saying that, that authentic, enduring faith is the bedrock assurance that God knows and God cares. And, and it's an assurance that comforts us from the inside out. Let, let, let's get that first phrase of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Literally in the Greek, that word assurance, assurance of hope, uh, hypostasis, means under support, under undergirding, foundation. Think, think under armor. Uh, it, it's the assurance that supports everything else. And of course, I get it. You know, In today's culture, whenever we talk about assurance, people look at it as funny because this is a culture when everything's up for grabs, right? It's, it's fashionable to question everything. Everything is up, uh, that's down. Everything is down, is up. There's just no solid foundation. Um, I, was, I was actually reading an article a week or so ago by this uh, uh, professor of intercultural communication over in Finland. His name is Stephen Croucher. And he was talking about the fact that, that even in the way we speak together, you can see evolving speech patterns that reflect this kind of you know, in the West, this kind of global sort of collective cultural uncertainty. And he was talking about how, you probably have heard this, how people uh, sort of finish every sentence with a question mark, right? Up speak. We've all, we've all heard it. Like, like, like you're afraid to express certainty about anything. So it's like, my name is Monica, uh, you know, and uh, my New Year's resolution is to be more self-confident. And, and um, you know, I'm trying to have more self-esteem. Like I'm trying to be a little more self-assertive. And, and, and it's like we all live in the land of jeopardy, right? Where, where every answer has to be stated in the form of a question. I was actually coaching some youth workers not too long ago on, on speaking skills. And this one guy got up, and, and it, was, it was good. It was pretty good. He had some good content. But no joke, every single sentence he ended with the word, okay. Like he, goes, he goes, so Jesus comes to this blind man, okay, and he spit in the mud, okay, and uh, wiped it in the guy's eyes, okay, and I finally just stopped and said, I said, no, no, no this is not okay, it's not okay, this, this, this is the oral equivalent to the game, may I? You know, it, it, it's like, at some point, there has to be certainty, I mean, I mean it's, a nice, it's a nice parlor game to say we don't know anything for certain, and to say that, of course, with certainty. Uh, and it makes for interesting late-night uh, dorm discussions. But men and women, you and I were made for the assurance of hope. We were made for the assurance of hope, and living with anything else is like trying to nail whipped cream to a barn door. That, that's why all of us, every single one of us, we try to build our own little kind of man-made support structures to prop up our own little human-sized hopes. Relationships, career advancement, portfolio, good health, our Instagram likes, our children, our grades. We, we try to find our comfort from the outside in. But deep down, we all know. We all know, don't we? That stuff does not offer us the assurance of sustained hope in the stress and the strain 
of real life. That's, that's why the number one mental health problem in this country is anxiety. It's, it's increasingly common in both, both men and women, almost twice as common among women as it is among men. I don't think that's because men are innately more centered. Uh, I think it's because we men, frankly, are more susceptible to denial and distraction. And, and it's also increasingly common among teenagers and young adults. In fact, I read an article not too long ago that suggests it's starting to become real. The problem with anxiety starts to become real among children as young as seven years old. The writer of Hebrews says in chapter 11, verse 6, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that God is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Listen, men and women, this is important. Everybody in this room this morning is living by faith. Whether you're a believer or whether you're an atheist, because neither position has ironclad proof. All of us will bet our lives on something or someone to bring us purpose and meaning in the stress and the wonder and delight and the struggle of this new coming year. The writer of Hebrews says, fall back into the arms of God. He will, he will catch you. Everything else is a temporary fraud. Build your support on the fact that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. You will discover authentic faith offers an assurance from the inside, from the inside out. But, but maybe you're thinking, well, Duffy, hold on, not, not, not so fast, because uh, you know, how am I supposed to have you know, full assurance of, of hope when nobody can prove any of this stuff? And, 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 and uh, how can I know for sure God is? And how can I know for certain that he's a rewarder of those who seek him? After all, seeing is believing, okay? And, 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 and in fact, the writer of Hebrews explains, you know what? There's actually a type of seeing that comes through believing. There's a type of seeing that comes through believing. And that's where he offers us a second truth about authentic faith. First of all, authentic faith offers us an assurance from the inside out. But secondly, authentic faith sees beyond the visible. Authentic faith sees beyond the visible. James Fridman is a a Photoshop artist whose clients send him pictures for editing. And, and usually they're pretty mundane requests, you know, make me look taller, uh, you know, could you remove the guy in the background and make it a sunny day, you know, add hair, uh, you know, it's not funny. Uh, you know, delete my old uh, girlfriend from the picture, <laughs> stuff like that. But James Fridman has this kind of uh, uncanny knack for seeing beyond the visible. He, He's able to imagine uh, beyond what we, we see. So, so on his website, he offers some, some different ways to see the picture. So for example, uh, James, would you mind making me look cooler? Of course. <laughs> or, or, uh, hey James, we are the hard rock band Formosa. Can you make us look heavier, more metal? Sure. <laughs> Don't get caught out in the rain. Uh, I like this one. Hey, James, I want to post this prom photo of me and my friend, but he's dabbing. Could you Photoshop it so he's not dabbing anymore? He's not dabbing anymore. <clears throat> hey, James, I just fired a gun for the first time, and I was wondering if you could make me look like some kind of agent. 
Sure. <laughs> uh, I like this one too. Hey, James, my friend is a fan of Muhammad Ali. Could you make him look like a boxer? Not a problem. <laughs> this last one's my favorite. Uh, hey, James, will you make me look like a bad, bad boy? There's a sign, no sunglasses, no fanny packs, no tattoos, no mustache. The police are on their way. <laughs> it's pretty fun. But you know what? Friedman's work can also help us to understand something that's important about enduring faith. Because enduring faith at its core always looks beyond the visible. In fact, you'll notice twice, twice in this brief passage the writer of Hebrews points beyond the visible. Look back at verse one. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And then in verse three, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. The writer of Hebrews reminds us that God's stories are not played out solely on the stage of human perception. There's always more to the picture than we see. Now, now that doesn't mean we mindlessly just believe in what we don't see. It means we humbly understand there's more to the picture than we do see. And that's important. Because that reminds us Christianity is, is not just fairy tale faith. It's not just wishful thinking. Remember, remember uh, Peter Pan? Peter Pan, uh, when, when Tinkerbell was about to die, and, and, and all of us in the theater were told, uh, you know, whoever you are, wherever you are, kids, uh, clap your hands, clap your hands, and, and Tinkerbell will hear you, and, and she'll come back to life. And I vividly remember being there in the theater and I'm like clapping my hand like hard you know like come on tink and 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 I could see some of the other kids in the theater who weren't clapping their hands as hard as they could little brats and and I was giving them dirty looks and and some of you are laughing but I could tell my wife and daughters were getting uncomfortable but 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 it, it was amazing it was amazing to see Tinkerbell just flicker back to life in fact, I, I tried that uh, in, in game six this year of the World Series. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, Tinkerbell was shut out. But, but, but what we need to understand here, men and women, is that the writer of Hebrews is not in any sense saying that faith is, is the power of positive thinking. This is, this is not Tinkerbell goes to the Holy Land. This is not faith in faith. In, in fact, it's interesting. The word used for conviction in the latter part of verse one is a legal term in the Greek. It literally, it can be translated as evidence, evidence of things not seen. It meant showing a thing as it really is. And what that means is that faith looks beyond the visible, but, but, but it's not about somehow embracing the irrational. Christian faith, if you're just here today visiting, you understand Christian faith is conviction based on evidence. And that's why the writer of Hebrews immediately begins walking us in chapter 11 through this great gallery of men and women who were commended for their faith, who fell back into the arms of God and discovered that, that he would catch them, that he does exist, and that he is a rewarder 
of those who seek him. And, and, and I wish we did, but we don't have time this morning to go back and, and sort of look at these amazing uh, stories, stories of faithful men and women, some named and known and some uh, unnamed and who died unknown. And uh, some who experienced amazing stories of victory and some whose stories, uh, at least what we know of them, uh, seem to end in tragic defeat. But all of them, every single one of them, were people who ultimately saw God's faithfulness. Why? Because they obeyed God. Whether he was vivid and visible in their story, or whether he seemed to leave them hanging on the cliff, waiting on hold, God commended them for their faith. They understood there was more to the picture than they could see. That's one of the reasons, by the way, that I, I love um, that feature on our Faith Bridge YouTube page called God Sighting. Some of you, maybe you've had a chance to, to check this out. You, you really should. It's pretty cool. Uh, it, it reminds us that this very same God is still showing up right here in, in the lives of folks in our own in our own congregation, making Himself visible in in ways we don't expect and in ways sometimes we a lot of us don't even probably notice. We don't even notice. I was just clicking through. Uh, this past week, and I clicked on the clip of one of our own young people, uh, Paige Katsafanis. And I remember this story back in 2020. Uh, she described this, this picture of disappointment because um, the road mission trip to Belize uh, was canceled because of COVID. And, and, and so all the plans, all the fundraising, all the team building, all, all the fun, just, just, just shut down, just shut down. And it looked it looked like a picture of pain and disappointment. But that didn't cause Paige to fall down because Paige fell back into the arms of God. And God began to give her a vision for a new picture of providing food and encouragement for frontline health workers. You remember the, just the horrible stress and discouragement, exhaustion they were dealing with. And because she looked beyond what she could see, she saw God worked through her to do some amazing things. He proved, he proved. He provided evidence that he exists and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. That is authentic faith. It sees beyond the visible. I, I don't know what kind of pictures, uh, what kind of stories you're looking at on this New Year morning, but I don't tell you that there's a mountain of evidence, convincing evidence that if you today invite God into your picture, into your picture, trust him, obey him, and watch for him by faith, you will find him faithful. Fall back, fall back into his arms. My, my friend, Ajit Fernando, who's an evangelist over in Sri Lanka, uh, talks about the death of his closest friend. He died back in 2005 from cancer. And Ajit said that by the time his friend was admitted to the hospital for the very last time, he was just in agonizing, excruciating pain. He said he would sort of uh, drift in and out of consciousness. And Ajit said one of the very last lucid conversations that he can recall having with his buddy, hanging by a thread to life, he said, my friend looked up into my face and he just said, honestly, he said, Ajit, I'll be honest with you, um, I have hit rock bottom. I have hit rock bottom. But then he said this, but you know what? I found that the rock is solid. The rock is solid. 
Now, men and women, that, that, that's a man who knew the assurance of hope and the conviction of things not seen. What about it today, you putting your feet this morning on that, on that solid rock? What about falling back into his arms and, and trusting him to catch us? Like Haley said, you know, you can, you can go to a lot of church services, you can talk a lot about God without ever thinking about what it would actually mean for you to fully have faith, place your faith in God. If you're here this morning, or maybe you're joining us online and, 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 and you're just kind of checking this out and you're, you're not really sure how you feel about all this, you need to know you are invited into this amazing story. You, you could be a part of Hebrews chapter 11, 2.0. All you have to do is fall back into his arms, trust him, turn to him, confess your sin, accept that Jesus has died on the cross for your sins to pay the debt of death that we all owe for our denial and our rebellion and our disobedience. And the scripture says, by grace, by grace and mercy, we can be ushered into this new year, into a new life where we are declared righteous before God, not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. We're declared righteous by faith. And then, of course, the great news is that Jesus rose from the dead. He rose from the dead so he can live in us now by his Holy Spirit, giving us assurance from the inside out. You know, it's interesting. The very first word in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, is the word now. Now. Why not now? Why not, why not this morning? Why not this morning? New Year's Day, make that decision. Or, or, or maybe you're a regular part of our Faith Bridge family here. And, 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 but you've been, you've been kind of playing it safe. You've been kind of keeping your distance from the cliff, trying to kind of construct your own you know, scaffolding of support props, outward props to, to, to give your life meaning and value and, and, and safety. I want to invite you this morning. This gracious God invites us all this morning to embrace the freedom of a life where God alone is our support, our under armor. Not, not good behavior, not, not a good job, not good grades, but the rock solid assurance that God is and that he is a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. Would you bow your head? Let's pray together. Because right now, there's some of you perhaps who need to talk to God about these very things. Maybe you've never, ever made a commitment to Christ before. And you still don't understand everything, but you know enough to know, Lord, I'm on the edge of a cliff. Or I've been playing it safe. I've been hedging my bets. I want to fall back into your arms. Or maybe you've sort of been talking a good game, but today's the day to actually take God at his word that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Lord, thank you this morning that you give us on the threshold of a new year an assurance of hope and the conviction, the conviction of things not seen. Would you, Lord, give us the courage, the faith to fall back into your arms? Thank you, Lord, that you're a sovereign God. You know everything that's going to happen in the year ahead. You know everything that happened in the year past. And everything that is over our head is under your feet. 
you will catch us. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you, the solid rock. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.